Hi everyone. So it is Saturday, the 12th of February, 2022. Here we are for episode three already of Shiny Cat's Mental Health Chats. This week we are going to be looking at anxiety um, issues and panic attacks. Okay, so just a, just a little reminder, obviously these podcasts I'm doing um, as a personal project for myself and also to raise money and awareness for MIND. They are not to be used in place of actual um, you know, help from GPs or other professionals, they're just more as a guide or to facilitate conversation. Um, obviously MIND Charity is a UK based charity that does a hell of a lot to help people with mental health issues in the UK. I know that both myself and quite a few people from the Shiny family community do access services from MIND. So it was important to me to sort of give back. Uh, and about me, well, if you don't know by now, my name's Kat. I am a full-time streamer. I used to be a teacher of psychology. So all of this goes quite well with just everything in life, really. And I'd like to thank, uh, as always, Professor Lettuce and Retro Wolf Live for being the two people that really pushed me into being able to feel confident doing podcasts. Hello to everyone watching live now. Also a massive hello to anyone who's catching up with this either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or maybe even you're on YouTube and you're seeing us now or maybe you're watching the Twitch highlights. Who knows? But thank you anyway for being part of this journey. This is <laughs> episode three. We've still got 32 more to go. So, you know, let, let, let's get cracking. So obviously this, this month's talk pick is anxiety and panic attacks. Now, um, I think I've been quite honest with a lot of a lot of the community anxiety is not my friend um <laughs> i uh, I've, I've i've diagnosed with suffering with anxiety i've taken medication for suffering anxiety it has prevented me from streaming on occasion um it is one of those things where i get quite irritated when people confuse a one-off feeling of being anxious with having to live with anxiety every single day there is a huge difference between the two um so this this month I'm going to be looking at obviously the, the sort of general diagnosis for anxiety and then we're going to go down into a bit more detail about, you know, different specific anxiety disorders and how they might trigger panic attacks. Some things you can do for yourself and maybe some places you can go uh, to speak to others, maybe get a bit of support, a bit of help. OK, so obviously if you've got any questions during the um, podcast, I will try and pick them up as much as I can. Um, obviously. If your comments are not relevant to what we're talking about, I'm not going to read them out. So if you're watching this live and you're like, she's ignoring me, I'm not. It's just I want to want to keep the podcast going the way they've been going recently. So, yeah, we've already got people in the chat saying, amen, I take daily meds for my anxiety. I used to take uh, meds. I used to be on uh, sertraline and propranolol. Blah, 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 blah. Um, the side effects of both actually basically cost me a job so i was so ill with the dizziness and the vomiting and everything for about a month until they settled down that my employer at the time had already made up the made up their mind um to uh not renew my contract at the time um and it was literally directly linked to my anxiety although my anxiety was really bad because of the situation they put me in so it was a bit like ah, no um as it stands now i am not on any medication for my anxiety my anxiety is better than it's been recently i think that's a lot of it's due down to cutting down alcohol but you know yeah the the, the side effects are often worse for <laughs> medication than they are for the actual issue which is which is interesting i think that's something we need to talk about at a later time but 
that said there might be some people here where medication is the best thing that they've they've ever done for their anxiety and that's brilliant that's that's incredibly valid brilliant well done for you but unfortunately my experience and obviously already in the chat we can see the experience of others medication isn't is not the way forward for some of us and often sadly it's also the first thing a lot of people try do you know what I mean? There are so many, I was doing the research for this podcast today and there are, there are so many other things before you even get to medication that I wasn't even aware of that I could have tried, but. Uh, sorry, I'm just catching up on some of the comments. I was like, oh no. But yeah, I, I, I generally though, I just think if meds do help you day to day, then that's great, obviously. But I also think that it's about learning to live or you have coping strategies with these things as much as it is anything else because I am a big fan of CBT and everything else I when I'm feeling good about my anxiety I can turn it into a superpower um by that I mean because I've already worried about every possible thing that could go wrong for a situation I've normally already planned for it so when it doesn't go horribly wrong I get to be pleasantly surprised but that, that's taken years of work on myself to be able to get to that level. Anyway, first we're going to start off with general anxiety disorder. Um, obviously, we've got the bit from the DSM, because you know how much I love the psychology bible, even if it is now really quite out of date and they need to bring out a new one. So, when looking for general uh, anxiety disorder, uh, you know, doctors, psychiatrists, etc., we'll, we'll really be looking for whether or not excessive anxiety or worry has been around for at least six months. Um, you know, and that your worrying is literally out of control. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter what it's about, you 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 can freak out about it. Like everything at all. Um but it also may it may also shift from topic to topic. You might be really, really confident about one thing, but like about another like today this podcast is the most anxious i have felt about doing a podcast mutually because it's about anxiety and i was like well my experience of anxiety is going to be different to other people's i don't want them to think i'm minimalizing their experience i don't want to get into a, like a huge debate over like whether because everyone obviously everyone's anxiety is relative to them apart from the people who have a one-off day and claim that they've got anxiety which i've already said it's a, it's a bugbear but it, it, yeah, it was one of those things I started to freak out about the podcast because it's a podcast about freaking out. Mm. Um, anxiety is often accompanied by at least three of these things. Obviously, the DSM is basically... Uh, these are all the things that you can have if you have this particular issue. If you have X amount of these, you've probably got that thing. So it's not, it's not great. As we looked at last month with ADD and ADHD... There is a lot of chop and change, mission mash. What might apply to me might not apply to you guys watching right now. But there are a general broad range of uh, symptoms, I should say, or um, related behaviours that if you've got a lot of these, it's quite likely you've got anxiety of some sort. So edginess or restlessness. Now, I don't, I don't really get this one. I get fidgety and I can't sit still, but I don't know if that's more to do with my ADD. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Or actually, or maybe it's a different way. When I'm starting to feel a bit anxious, I'll clean the house because I can't quite sit still. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. I don't know how that comes across for you guys. Um, 
<laughs> the next one, which I really relate to because I'm knackered today, tiring easily or being more fatigued than usual. <laughs> Whenever it comes up to something I'm really stressed about, I just find that I can't sleep. And then I can't sleep because I can't sleep. And then I can't sleep because I can't sleep because I can't sleep because my brain's too worried because I've gone through tired and it's just this whole thing. But then I find when I do the thing, it ends up being more mentally taxing than it should be. Like, I know after I finish this today, I'm going to need to go for a walk. I am. Um, it, it's 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 a tiring thing. Doing a podcast mentally It's very tiring because you are you are just talking. It's so different to streaming and everything else, knowing that someone could be sat here or having it on like, you know, while they're doing the ironing in a few days time or please don't listen to me in the bath. I don't think I'm suitable bath time listening. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. But yeah, I know. I can already feel it. I'm already more tired than I would normally be on a, on a Saturday. It's just, yeah. Right, irritable. Uh, sorry, impaired concentration or feeling as though your mind goes blank. You guys have seen me do this so much on stream. I get words mixed up. Like I'll do the start of a word onto the end of another word, and I just make up weird sounds. Or I'll be like, brain thing can't think. This happens to me a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> I used to just think it was um use of recreational drugs when I was younger. It's not, by the way. <laughs> it's not um it happens more when i'm feeling stressed or anxious and this week has been a great week for some things it's been terrible for other things so my brain has been a little bit all over the place and i'm forgetting words for stuff that i know and i'm luckily my partner knows me so well that if i start flapping in a specific way he's like oh it's that and i'm like yes it is that good good like it's so weird it's it's um it i've never it's definitely a problem that's gotten worse as i've gotten older like which is funny because things that you would necessarily you know sort of associate with screwing up your memory uh i do less now than when i was younger or i don't do it at all at the moment so it's one of those things like why is it still bad? I don't understand. And then when I realised it was a, uh, it was actually a, th a part of my anxiety, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, it's, it's not actually about what I thought it was about. It's actually because my brain doesn't work properly sometimes because it's too busy worrying about all the things that I, I can't concentrate properly or I just, yeah, as, as the chat has just said, it's right there, but I can't grab it. It's like... Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Irritability, which others, which you may or may not um, transfer onto other people. We made the. I don't really get irritated with people. Um, I, I just don't out and get pissed off. I, <laughs> sorry, I say that like really blase. I, I'm very hard to irritate. Uh, I'm very calm normally. Um, I will get irritated at myself very quickly. Um, maybe that's it you know i don't tend to or at least i hope i don't and no one's ever told me i have because i've you know spoken through this with a lot of people no one's ever told me that i take my irritation out on others i'm very good at like so maybe that's the thing or maybe it's just i let i build it up and then i play a game of like you know dead by daylight or something and i end up screaming bloody murder um at the tv and i get it out and then it's fine did you 
But if you do get easily irritated and you do snap at people, fine, that's fine. But maybe take that pause afterwards. Think about why you've done it. Think about how it may have made them feel and maybe just talk to them about how you're feeling. One of my friends who um, is an anxious bubble will get very snappy but has a really irritating habit of recognising they've got shitty and snappy, not apologising. So I, I tend to leave it 24 hours now before I go, and is there anything you would like to talk about from yesterday? And they're like, ah, oh, shit, I was an arse, wasn't I? I was like, yeah, yeah, you were a bit of an arse. And then we have that conversation about whatever it was that triggered them to make them feel that anxious, and they actually then end up feeling a lot calmer. Uh, so yeah, the, irri- the irritability one is definitely interesting um you know people getting irrationally annoyed by their pets for example and treating them like their people's like why aren't they understanding it's like because they're they're cat you're human um but yeah oh i'm being asked a question yeah go for it go for it chat i mean this is one of those things i do have i've, I've never really had a q a section I'm, I'm willing to have these evolve with you but yeah, the the irritability thing is is really interesting. Um, I don't know, it's it's an interesting one. The next one I find really really quite funny, and uh, oh, my question is, what do you do when people the people that you care about or care about you don't take the time to understand your anxiety disorders and they just blow it off? Ah, ah, <laughs> um. I have reached a point in my life, I'm 35 this year, where if a friend isn't willing to understand my head or at least go, okay, I don't understand it, but fair enough, you know, like that kind of not take it personally thing, I don't tend to have that many people in my life anymore that don't understand. I have made a point of making them understand. Um, So my social group is very, very small. But for the most part, a lot of us struggle with anxiety anyway. So the collective bigger group are aware of things that might trigger other people all the time. Friends that have... And this is one of the reasons I got divorced, chat. Um, I don't have people in my life that are not good for my mental health. And that includes my own mother. I just don't. Um, a lot of people think that that's quite harsh but it's to protect me um so i can function as a human being but yeah one of the reasons i got divorced one of the reasons i don't um talk to my wider family is they're not good for my head they're really not good for my head in, in um like my partner uh, he he and his mum they, they they love each other they're very very similar but they can only spend very small small amounts of time together and i think it is really important to acknowledge that just because you're related to someone or you've been friends with them for 25 years, 30 years, whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that tomorrow they're still going to be good for you. In fact, it's more healthy to go. Friendship should be a thing that you work at, not just a habit because they've been there. Um, and if they don't understand your mental health, then. Yeah, it's a difficult one, but limiting t- if you can't cut them out, limit time with them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I do not tend to have people in my life anymore that don't get my head. And if they don't understand my partner's mental health, then we've got nothing to talk about. Because um, that's really, that's really, really important to me. So thank you for that question. <laughs> Speaking of my lovely partner, who's a trained masseuse, the next uh, issue that comes out with anxiety a lot 
is increased muscle aches or soreness. I cannot tell you a day in the last 10 years where something hasn't hurt or felt twitchy or achy or I've been aware of a part of my body. But yeah, I just... Mm. Like even now I'm sat here, I'm like... Oh, my left shoulder's a bit twitchy. Actually, there is a giant knot in my left shoulder. It's a stress knot. I've already been told this. But it's just, um, it's now just going. <laughs> and a lot of people experience like muscle tightness when they get really anxious or have a panic attack or, you know, you feel like the general knots in the stomach. I, sadly, uh, my IBS was triggered by an, um, an intense, prolonged period of anxiety. I've never been able to shift my IBS now. I've got it forever. Yay. And then the next part uh, that people look at for, for general anxiety disorder is difficulty sleeping. <sighs> if there was an award for how shit I sleep, I would win it. And then I'd be anxious that I was actually doing too well at not sleeping well. I don't know. I'd, I'd find some way to piss it off. <laughs> but yeah, trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. This is me. Like, I either fall asleep really, really quickly and get a great, four hours or i'll have one of those nights where i feel like i've been awake all night do you know what i mean like you're lying there your eyes are closed but you feel conscious but you wake up the next day and you're like i can function i've had about four or five hours sleep i can function so my this week was also the affiliate anniversary for the shiny cap channel i did a 15 hour stream off the back of like four or five hours sleep because i was so anxious slash hyped about the affiliate anniversary i was lying there my brain was like da, 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 da. I was like, shut up brain and then oh we've been, oh, i've been having really vivid dreams but i feel like i'm sort of oh it's been weird sleep's been so weird sleep has been really fucky since i did dry january there you go i sleep has been absolute pain in the ass since dry january i slept better than i thought i would but the dreams have been weird or I'm having, like I said, a really good four hours and then I'm up. Um, oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I get anxious because I can hear my heart beating at night. Oh, that's that's interesting. I I don't think that I can. I don't know. My partner's a loud snorer. He just... <laughs> but it's... It, and the thing about sleep. Sleep is so crucial to everything else that we do. So when we look at maybe things to help with anxiety a lot of it is good routine and exercise and all this kind of stuff but if you're knackered what are you supposed to do if you're too tired to function and the advice is this what are you supposed to do um but yeah it's a really it's annoying it's a it's a really annoying one um so another another thing from the the beautiful dsm excessive worrying even when there is no specific threat or manner which is disproportionate to the person. So, like, we're just worried. Just worried because it's Wednesday. You're just worried because it's Friday. You're just worried because there's not been anything to worry about for a while. That's a good one. <sighs> you then might, in order to feel better, be, um, you might seek reassurance from other people, which, if people in your life are less sympathetic, they might call you needy um because that's another thing that's happened before in I've, I've had friends when i'm like i'm really worried about this thing and they've gone you're being ridiculous stop um wanting attention or whatever it's like no it's not that 
I'm just, I'm having a freak out and I just wanted to talk to someone. Yeah, but you've normally got your shit so together. I just think, it doesn't seem like you. Like, oh, hide my anxiety so well normally that when I have it, okay, okay. And again, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, also, just thank you for that cheer there. Thank you very much. Anything that is um, donated during these podcasts does go directly to mind. So keep that in mind. That was so cheesy. That was really cheesy. Oh, well, I've done it now. It's on the internet forever. Um, so obviously the, the coronavirus has meant that anxiety is now probably one of the the most uh popular not popular is the the <laughs> popular is the wrong word prevalent common i don't know um in both kids and adults so obviously kids are worried about their future because they're also seeing their parents freak out parents are freaking out because of jobs i mean the cost of living crisis right now is real and uh slightly slightly scary for how shiny um but it's oh, but then the thing is, the, the anxiety about it tends to then make it all worse. It's this horrible cycle with anxiety of there's a thing, you freak out about the thing, you think about the thing getting worse, you freak out and actually make the thing worse, and then it and it just goes round, 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 round. It's it bloody irritating. Um, and obviously, if you're if you're stressed a lot, if you're worried a lot, if you're anxious a lot about things, especially if it's to do with like work or money or anything else, you might find yourself sweating more or being nauseous or being off your food or what I happened was you end up with you know digestive issues um and you know if it's a prolonged period of time what did start off as a case of eating in the bathroom a bit too much it's now hey you've got IBS and it can impact your life and your health forever um and I think a lot of it is because we don't know it's not that we don't know that we can go for help. A lot of people don't feel that we should. And we, again, it's really, as the chat just said, it's really common to hide anxiety out of a feeling of shame. It really is. Um, there's not really so much that, like such a thing as like high, high performing people with mental health issues. I mean, there is, there is. But as a, as a woman who is on the spectrum, I find it really easy to mask my less desirable behaviour traits. Because that's 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 what we learned growing up. I, my my ADHD and everything else wasn't diagnosed till I was at university. Um, my anxiety wasn't diagnosed until my early twenties, um, which is also when my depression was diagnosed. And it was just because I've done such a good job of hiding it, I've given myself long term health complications because I didn't think my anxiety was bad enough to ask for help because yeah and yeah as, as the chat just said reach out for help and and anxiety tells you not to do it it's it's so annoying like i've got um another one of my friends i know if i don't specifically check in on her every few days she won't voluntarily tell me what's stressing her out i have to needle her to make sure she's okay but when she talks to me about it she's a bit better and it's like and yeah i just anxiety is a fucker it really is and again it goes back to this oh i'm feeling really anxious about today cool day's over oh i worried about nothing whereas you know people like us who live with perpetual anxiety every single day i'm not just worried about today or this podcast i'm worried about one month's time when 
this big thing's going to happen. I'm worried about 10 days time when I've got another thing happening. I'm worrying about this year generally and just, oh. I tried to list all the things that were stressing me out um, this morning. So I was trying to take my own advice. It was a really long list. It's a really long list. Just, oh, it's just fucking irritating. So, yeah. Um, and obviously, compounding this anxiety, worry and everything else, it does make it hard to carry out day-to-day -day activities and responsibilities. It can also cause relationship problems at work or in, you know, just a social part of your life. And it's very true. As a teacher, I got to a point with my anxiety where I snapped and had a full-on mental breakdown and I, I literally had to take two weeks out of the classroom. I then went back on reduced hours because I was asking, this, this was the worst part, I was asking for help and not getting it. Um, and it was only when the school went to go, why are we going to discipline you because of all your time or sick? And I went, here's six months of emails where I was asking for help and not getting it. And they were like, oh, sorry. Here's a number for a counsellor. It's like, doesn't really sort out my workload or being asked to do stuff I'm not trained for, does it? No. But yeah, so that, <laughs> so it, it's almost worse because I did the thing where I was really good and asked for help. I really, really tried and I just didn't get it. So then I was not able to perform in my job anymore. Um, obviously, fast forward to now and you could not pay me enough to get back into a classroom. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. But at the same time, I do think there should be more people like us who are quite open and willing to talk about mental health who are in classrooms, just not necessarily as a teacher. Because I don't think there is enough provision for young people's mental health, as I was literally just watching on the news before I came to see you guys. But that is a different rant for a different day. So, we've broadly covered general anxiety disorder. Now, it is, I say broadly, very, very broadly. Um... That is obviously issues that can come up for someone with anxiety who, uh, if you've been experiencing for like six months or more, or, you know, you've, you know, you've got that one friend that's a warrior. Maybe they're not just a warrior. Maybe they've got anxiety and they don't know how to talk about it. Maybe that's it. And maybe it's a specific thing that triggers them. So with general anxiety disorder, you have like regular and uncontrollable worries over, you know, basically most things in your day-to-day -day life but because there are lots of different symptoms of anxiety the diagnosis is so broad everyone's different now i'm reassured because i'm just seeing someone in the chat go that's me great um <laughs> that's nice but there might be someone who's you know listening to this going well, they've not touched on me they've done general anxiety and it's not me that's fine we're now going to look at specific types of anxiety disorders so I'm sure that there's at least one, if not more, for you. Um, again, this is not to be confused with people who get a bit anxious before a thing. This is people who genuinely have anxiety as a problem. And I, I will say I am very grateful to uh, my very close friends who are incredibly patient with me, with my sleep schedule and how I can't always commit to do things because I don't know if I'm going to have slept. So that, that's just a personal aside for me. Um, but yeah, so the big one for me, the big one for my partner and I, social anxiety disorder, which the pandemic has only made worse. Genuinely, I was anxious about mixing with people before the pandemic.
pandemic and now they can give me germs that can fucking kill me. No, thank you. Oh, no. Do I need to go to that party? How many people have they recently hugged and tagged themselves on Instagram and Facebook with? Have they been safe? Have they been triple jabbed? Do they do regular PCR tests? Do they actually give a shit about COVID? Are they going to hug me and give me their germs? Like, mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. we were supposed to go out for, for New Year's Eve. How shiny was going to a New Year's Eve party at another household? going to be a very small group of people, like less than seven people. Could we manage it? Could we fuck? I just, <laughs> it used to just be, I would worry about small talk because I get bored so easily because of my ADD. I, I would worry about small talk or not being able to leave when I wanted to leave because we either got a lift or public transport or whatever. Or I'd worry about not being able to eat the food because it wasn't you know, for my dietary requirements. There were so many things I used to freak out about. But now the number one thing is, is everyone jabbed? Have they got small children that have germs? Have they been sensible? Um, oh, and it's made me have some really difficult conversations with my friends. Like, at the height of the pandemicness last year, we were going to help our friends move. We'd been in a bubble. We hadn't seen anyone. And a couple of days before we were due to move saw something on social media which meant that they'd broken the rules and I was like I'm sorry we can't help you move anymore I'm shielding I've got asthma no it was really awkward really really awkward but it was the anxiety of we've been so careful we were doing something you know to help but now we can't do it because you've been too social it, it was a really weird thing um but yeah I I don't I don't know how I'm going to cope. The last, the last major social gathering that Hal Shani went to was our own engagement party two years ago. And at that engagement party, three of us got COVID because we were like patient zeros for our a social group because two people had just come back from uh, like a broad business trip. So three of us ended up with COVID from that party. Um, <laughs> yes, chat, exactly. And it was just... It's, it's been since then I have really struggled. I've been able to do things where it's been a couple of people. Like, girls' nights has been great, but there's three of us. Or we've had people around for board games, but it's been no more than five in my house, in an, an environment I can control. And if they tell me they've not done a lateral throw test, they're not coming in the fucking house. Like, but I've not yet managed to travel to a place to go to a social thing. I can't even tell you the last time I was on a train haven't been to london in two years used to go all the time now the idea of being sat on a train carriage not even people i'm supposed to be seeing but just being around that many people it's like ugh, germs no even the supermarket now i know at some point today i need to leave the house and go to the supermarket that never used to make me anxious and now it takes so much effort because i don't like being around people and oh we're going to do one of, one of the podcasts um, this year is about coronavirus and well-being, but it has really fucked up my ability to be sociable. My social anxiety now is through the roof because people can kill me. That's it. I just, I don't like it, but there we are. <laughs> and it's just like, it's not even, you know, parties, workplaces and situations where we have to talk to other people. If it's on comms and on PlayStation and I'm doing a game at the same time, or if I'm doing a stream, I can chat for hours. You put me face to face where we're just sat and I can't do anything different. If there's a board game, I'm fine. If there's food, I'm fine. 
if it's like I don't know, uh, like a barbecue murder mystery, anything D and D. Yeah, board games and Dungeons and Dragons. You got you got something for me to do other than be in a room with a bunch of people. I'll be okay if it's just a party. Can't do it anymore. And actually, what's been really nice is that we've been really honest with our friends and gone. If the social gathering is this many people, just assume we're not coming because there's too many people. And actually now what we've started to see is that um, a lot of our friends are doing smaller gatherings because everyone's hit, been hit a bit by the social anxiety. Everyone. To, to a degree. I don't know anyone <laughs> who is sensible uh, and has a vague grasp of science who is acting exactly as they used to in the before time. You know, it's, oh, yeah, social anxieties have been, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a big one. Um, yeah, it's been a big one. It's been a huge one. It's definitely a big one in House Shiny. Social anxiety is not our friend. Or it is, because now I don't have to see people I don't like and make small talk for people I couldn't give a shit about. Who knows? Because that's the other thing. I know, I'm, I, I haven't been to like a barbecue where I know about four people and there's about 15 others. And I don't like them because they're not interesting. I don't have to pretend anymore. That's really nice. Um, yeah. Or being friends with people because your friends are friends with them. You know, that kind of thing. Don't have to do that now. That's nice. I like that. That's good. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> oh, God. My friends are going to listen to this and tell me off. Oh, using your pets. Take everywhere because then... That's, that's nice. Yeah, see... There's a few people uh, a part of the community at the moment who have got pets. And if it's a case of if the pet's not invited, I'm not coming. I know that when we've got a dog, like, can I bring the dog? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Not going to be able to come. It's going to be great. I might go on a 10 mile walk instead. But I haven't had to go to this thing. <laughs> right. Moving on to panic disorder. Not panic at the disco. Regular or frequent panic attacks without a clear cause or trigger. Now, they are horrible. Um, I've had a limited number of panic attacks in my time. I am very grateful for this. Um, I have, however, as a teacher, talked to a number of students through panic attacks over the years. I've seen my friends have them. I can spot someone across a room. So this is the thing. I'm nice to have at a party because if I see someone who's struggling, I will gravitate towards them. But I just really struggle with getting to the party in the first place. But... Panic, panic attacks don't necessarily follow a set pattern. I have them when I feel overwhelmed. And I, have, I feel overwhelmed when there are too many little things at once. And I feel like I'm drowning in them. Like it's not... Like I can cope with one big stressful thing. That's fine. But then it's these other ten things that have happened in the same week. And I just I can't cope anymore. Um, I think it was two or three weeks ago. I cancelled quite a few streams because I'd had a panic attack. I'd lost my shit. And I just couldn't see a way out of it. Um, and that's the first panic attack I'd had for a while. Um, I, oh, yeah, I'm luckily I don't. Maybe, maybe I have like two or three a year. Um, I've learned what my triggers are. Some people can't focus enough to figure out what their triggers are, if you know what I mean. Like, you might just have one once a week. Or uh, for women, you might have them at certain times in your cycle. And whilst I don't like to say that, that is a hormonal thing. It's very, very true. So 
um, women often experience different, usually more heightened or exaggerated senses of anxiety at certain points in their cycle, which means you're more predisposed to having an anxiety attack. I'm sorry. It's not a gender thing. It's not me being sexist. Men definitely have panic attacks. So I'm saying women, they can have them more frequently in this window and they're not at all. Um, but guys, obviously, guys who have panic attacks are triggered by so many different things. It's not, it's, it's, it's probably even worse. Like a lot of people get um, overwhelmed and the chat's literally saying it. I'm about to say it. Noise coming from more than one direction, the sensory overload thing, you know, being in a busy city with lots of noise. Um, I walk around everywhere with my headphones in and that way I control what I hear. And also thank you to those of you who are just joining in. Um, as I said at the start of the podcast, I chat away in the chat, ask me any questions as we go. Obviously, these will get uploaded to Spotify and Apple afterwards. So what I don't want to end up doing is talking to the chat too much and ignoring people who might be listening while they're doing the ironing. On a Tuesday morning, I don't, I don't know. I'm making it up. I don't even know if anyone does watch this afterwards. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, panic panic attacks are horrible. I I remember I remember the first one that I really recognised as having one, and I was in my early twenties, and the bus was late for work, and that was it. That was it. I had a panic attack and the bus turned up and I couldn't get on it because I was too busy crying and not being able to breathe because I just couldn't. I'd freaked out about being late because something was already going on at work and then it was late and then I made myself even more late because I had a panic attack, which made the panic attack worse, which meant I didn't even function that day. It was fucking horrible. Um, but I've I've seen students who have just freaked out in classrooms that are too loud, so you have to move them to certain points of the room we have to get them out and talk to them or do something different um i've seen i've seen teachers just lose it when the kids can't calm and have they've had panic attacks about not being able to control their class i've i've seen my friends have panic attacks when something like plans have changed at the last minute that that's a huge trigger for me as well things changing at the last minute i don't like it and i need i need adjustment time like if something is to be cancelled and not happen, that's nearly okay. But if something is suddenly thrust upon me with no note, like right now, if the doorbell was to go, I've not ordered anything off Amazon. My partner's got his keys. I'm not expecting anyone. I will ignore the door. Because it's not expecting. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it, it, it's a weird one. I just, I don't like it. Or I don't like it if, um... One, one of the things that set me off before is I've been on a night out with friends and they've suddenly changed how we're getting home. And I had a panic attack and I had to leave um, because I wasn't comfortable with what they'd done. Like, I, I'd, I'd been really, I was like, this is definitely how we're getting home and, and this is how much it'll cost and this is how long it'll take. And yeah, yeah, it's all fine. Oh, well, we've decided now that we're out, we're going to do this. It's like... Well, then you've got me out of false pretenses. I'm going home now. Goodbye. Like, but it took me a while till I'd get to that point where I'd be so blunt and go, no, I'm out. The first couple of times it happened, I'd freak out and be like, how am I supposed to get home? What if we get split up? What if, what if, what if? And then I'd be accused of ruining the night. <sighs> but I just, oh. And I, one of the other things, 
public transport, I, there are certain places I like to sit on buses. And I've gotten so extra about it. Well, it's not extra, is it? It's about my head. That I have asked people really nicely to move out of my seat. Because I need to see where the bus is going. So if I'm not near the front, I freak out a little bit. And now, because of COVID, I need to be at the front and by a window that I can open because germs. Yeah. And thank you so much for everyone who's currently sharing in the chat. I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to be hospitalised from panic attacks. Um, I'm lucky I've never gotten that far with mine. I, I Normally, I just need someone else to talk to me so I can explain. And then once I hear why I'm freaking out, I can calm down a little bit. The worst one is when you're left completely on, the on your own with a panic attack and you're so scared of disturbing anyone that you just lean into it because there's no one immediately there to help you and you don't want to be a burden on anyone. That's quite horrible. Um, that's really scary because that's when anxiety feels really isolating because you're the, the, the anxiety part of your brain is like, well, no one wants to, no one cares what you're going through right now. Everyone's got their own stuff going on with you. are just being stupid. Just get through it. You'll be fine. Like, oh, it's weird. It's weird. Now, interestingly, when also looking at anxiety, phobias came up. Phobias. Oh, phobia. I'm not scared of spiders. Spiders are fine. Snakes, spiders. Peas. Why do I say peas? My partner's terrified of peas. Genuine, genuine phobia. I'm fine with them. Clowns, balloons, everything. Do you know what terrifies the shit out of me? Those weird ventriloquist wooden puppets with the jaw. So playing certain Jackbox games for me gives me the willies because <laughs> I don't like it. But I'm really lucky that none of my phobias are, you know, really, really terrifying. Um, I used to have a thing about scaffolding. Ah, oh, that's a lie. I'm scared of ladders. Uh, it's it's a fair phobia though I had an employer once who put a ladder together for me hadn't checked it was done safe I was all the way up the top it came together collapsed and I fell down and I fractured and hurt stuff so I just I don't do ladders now I can be 50 foot up in a cherry picker that I'm driving I'm driving it it's not a fucking ladder cannot do ladders I cannot do ladders um oh wow so so uh, the chat's currently sharing um a story about an anxiety attack that lasted over 30 minutes and the partner thought it was possibly a heart attack because it was so intense. I'm glad that you were able to get the help that you needed, but that does not sound like a good experience at all. And I'm sorry you had to go through that, but also thank you for sharing that with us. I think this is this has been the podcast a lot of people have been looking forward to in a weird way because there are a lot of people um, at the moment <laughs> in the community who are really struggling with anxiety and I do think it's the, the the current times that we live in that just aren't helping but yeah phobias um I don't know if any of you got any phobias any of you listening any of you watching I'd be interested to hear what they are it's not so my spectrum brain goes haven't really got any phobias can't really put myself in that position um because that's funny that's funny that's how my spectrum brain works but yeah I don't I've, I've got a thing about puppets um I would not be able to have one in the house. Nope. Nope. I also don't go up the ladder for anything in the world ever. I could probably do it if it was one of those, you know, I, I, I haven't been in, so I lived in a house that I owned for a decade and I never went in the loft. 
like ever um because it involved going up a ladder so genuinely 10 years i lived in this house i never went in a loft couldn't tell you what the loft looked like couldn't tell you what was in there couldn't tell you how it smelt nothing no idea never went in it this place here where we live now still never been in a loft nope i know that i own things that are in the loft but again i can't tell you what the loft looks like because <laughs> fuck going up a ladder nope nope oh no 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 also thank you very much for the cheers that's very appreciated thank you very much but yeah uh another thing that comes up under the umbrella of anxiety but will have its own podcast um is ptsd so i'm not getting into ptsd too much today however you can get anxiety issues when you go through anything traumatic um and ptsd is when you're triggered about that experience like that's very very basic very very basic it could be like a, a smell or a, a sound or a, a look of something or a location and it, it just it brings it all back and up that can in itself can trigger an, an attack so obviously a lot of ptsd people who suffer with episodes and stuff they're, they're essentially having anxiety attacks and reliving the the issue that they initially experienced um but that also comes under the umbrella of anxiety disorders so yeah uh it's got it's got its own podcast i'm not going to go too much into it it's it's a very complicated one is ptsd it's very complicated it's very very personal um i will share mine when i'm a bit more comfortable about it i've got a few more months to get myself there <laughs> uh but yeah it is definitely one of those things where ptsd and anxiety will go hand in hand because you're it, it's reliving the, the thing basically um then that's nicely linked into something that i totally own having ocd even though the word the letters are in the wrong order because it's not enough alphabetical order it should be cdo um anxiety uh problems about repetitive behaviors urges and thoughts so i stress clean um i stress clean a lot they they my, my ocd and my anxiety my depression <laughs> am i being on this spectrum make me very particular about certain tasks and then not give a shit about others at all like today because i was anxious about the podcast i've cleaned the house i've cleaned the house a lot um i even re refolded all the blankets so that they're right uh you're, you're not watching for those of you who are listening on the on on apple podcast i'm really sorry but i even folded up all my blankets so that they were the same size so that when i stack them on top of each other they they're neat and tidy like that's how extra i got about it today i don't know why well i do know why it was about this but yeah <laughs> my ocd is a lot better now than it used to be um when i was stuck in a horrifically unhappy marriage my ocd was so bad um it's now gotten a lot better in the last four years so much better but there are still times where it's quite bad it also um mine also comes out in the you know picking the skin around your nails not necessarily picking your nails because i like having nails but you know when you're like you're sat there and you're like cheering and you're like i i will obsessively pick things so like i've got i, I get certain spots in certain areas you can't see on camera and i will pick them and pick them and pick them and pick them um i'll also you know wrap the skin around the thing my my mum used to over pluck her eyebrows as part of her ocd 
Um, I've got friends who are quite compulsive about what they eat. Um, yeah, OCD can come out in so many ways. Like, you know, like if you have to have your thing in that spot, in that place, in that thing. Like my desk, it doesn't look like there's any order to it. There's order to it. It's my order. If you move my order, I'll be pissed off. So, you know, but everyone, everyone has, well, everyone who's got OCD, it comes out in different ways. Um, obviously some people have OCD as is being shared in the chat about how many times you'll double check everything is switched off, uh, whether or not you've locked the door. Um, and, and the thing about not stepping on cracks last week, bad would happen. Yeah. I'll oh, see before I go to bed at night, I have to make sure everything is switched off. Um, uh, currently I have an irrational fear that the fridge freezer is going to catch fire because there's loads of dust behind it. That's freaking me out slightly, but that's being dealt with soon. So that'll be fine. Um, but I, I will, I switch everything off. Um, I double check everything's off. When we go out, I have to like push the door again, double check we've got keys and everything. Um, OCD is a weird one. I The cleaning side for me at least comes out as something productive. One of my friends, I thought my cleaning OCD was bad. <sighs> no, no. She will reorganize her entire house if she's got too much downtime. And it's already like the world's tidiest house, but she can make it tidier. Um, I don't. Oh wow! And yeah, the OCD about food as well. Like you know, like not being able to have certain types of food touch each other, or having to eat them by colour or by type, or not liking, you know, like people don't like beans on toast because they don't like soggy toast. It's it's it. We can be OCD about your food a little bit. It would be great, wouldn't it? It would be so good if we could just get our OCD, pack it in a little box, and just occasionally bring it out when it's helpful. <laughs> uh, my mum, my mum's OCD. I get a lot of my my mum used to wash her hands so much that they would dry, become cracked, and they would bleed. Um, because she was really like freaky out about dirt and germs and stuff way too much in my opinion like i like things being clean and tidy but it was too much it was too much like um i was limited to what i could have up in my bedroom because she would have to check and clean it first i was a very sickly child probably because there were no fucking germs in my house like it's not good oh but yeah anyway <laughs> Getting slightly sidetracked. OCD is a definite part of anxiety. Very much so. It comes out in different ways for everybody. But obviously, there's a lot of chat in the chat right now about, you know, swapping, swapping anxieties. I just, yeah. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very interesting one. It, it's a really obsessive compulsive disorder. It's huge. It's so broad. We will be coming back to it next year. Given how many podcasts we're off to get through so far. But yeah. Uh, next one, which I found really interesting, and things like WebMD has not made it any better. Health anxiety. People who you think might be hypochondriacs. The internet has not helped this. You know, you've got a slight ouchie. You Google your slight ouchie. One of the 50 million articles that you found has told you it could be cancer. So you've got cancer. Like... It's 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 very interesting. 
I just, yeah, the health anxiety is a, it's an interesting one. But now I suppose it could be even worse because obviously you've got a bit of a sore throat in your cough. I've got Corona. Well, that's it. That's what you immediately assume now, isn't it? And, uh, but it's, it's really interesting with the health anxiety. Obviously I'm, I'm very chill when it, I've, I've had a lot of health issues. I've had a lot of operations. I've, I've got more to come. Um, I'm pretty chill for the most part. I don't tend to Google things because I know that I'll freak out. But my God, um, people I have lived with in the past, uh, no, they've got a slight bellyache. They've got pancreatic cancer. It's, it's too much or they're so obsessed with not getting ill that they, um, they then do other things like the OCD thing where it's just too much. And then you get ill because you've done like, uh, one of, one of my friends, cleaned her house so much because she was terrified of covid that the cleaning products actually made her sick um because of all the you know fume inhalation and everything else it's like that bit on the simpsons episode right at the start marge has won uh getting her house cleaned but she's too scared about her house not being clean enough to be cleaned by a cleaner that she mixes a bunch of stuff together and inhales them and then passes out weird sorry i've gone back to ocd slightly but health it, it health anxiety is ocd because you're checking constantly you're like oh look like, so okay i freaked out recently because i've got this weird little ouchy thing on the side of my finger i haven't been to the doctors about it yet it's it's fine apparently it's a wart but there was that brief moment where i was like remembering that one story of when katie price was getting her nails filed and they found a cancerous growth on the side of her finger and i was like that's not helpful it's gonna be like but it took me a little bit to go from ah, to okay it's just a thing on my finger it's not good and obviously right now doctors are so overworked and stretched and trying to keep on top of everything i am waiting for two diagnostic things two surgeries and something else it's really really hard not to worry about how much worse they're going to get i've got a hernia that needs to be seen too i've got um oh god what are they called i've got bunions on my feet like an old lady I've got so many things. I've got um, issues with acid acid damage in my esophagus and other bits. And it's just, I know they could get a lot worse. Every time my stomach ailments get worse, the people around me don't tell me this. They freak out that I've got pancreatic cancer. Because I went for a, a camera down the throat tubey thing last June, which was a horrific experience. Um, we'll talk about that more when we go to PTSD. But... No one around me told me that they were scared that it was cancer. And if they just told me that, I could have put them on to ease quite a lot. Um, but they didn't tell me because they didn't want to freak me out because they didn't want me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was quite interesting seeing other people freak out about my health. They had anxiety for me about my health but they didn't tell me about it and it was people you know really really near and dear to me and then afterwards i'll be like oh i didn't tell me oh we didn't want to scare you um oh it was yeah it was not good it was not good but the actual you know the googling of webmd when little things go wrong is not something i generally do but i know people that do it and but health anxiety now with covid like i went back to the whole thing about being terrified of social situations earlier 
I don't want my friends to kill me with germs. And now you've got three people in the same family who've just died from Lassa fever. And that's like not been in the UK very much for ages. Obviously, it's really hard to catch. That's fine. But that's right. Great. Great. So we've got COVID. We're already in pandemic times. And now Lassa fever's here. And super, uh, super gonorrhea is here, which is like completely antibiotic resistant to a degree. Great. Brilliant. It's just the mm, mega germs. No, I don't like it. <sighs> I'm just going to have a bit of tea. <laughs> Thank you guys for so much for talking to me and keeping me company while I do this podcast. For those of you who are listening afterwards, um, thank you for tuning in and listening. I hope you're finding it interesting. I hope the ramblings of a, of a person with anxiety are helpful. Um, you know, if, if you're identifying with anything at all in the podcast, get in touch. Or if you're worried about anything, please see a GP or please talk to your more adulty adult friends. If you are not the adulty adult group friend in your group, chances are you will have someone who is very composed and normally organises stuff. They are the most adulty adult in your group. Talk to them. Um, I, unfortunately, am the most adulty adult in my group. It's not helpful sometimes, <laughs> especially when I'm suffering with the anxiety stuff, because a lot of it is no one can do the things for me. Um, I have to do it myself and I don't. Um, next thing we're going to move on is to body dysmorphic disorder. It does come under anxiety, but it does get its own podcast soon when you experience obsessions and compulsions relating to your physical appearance. So a lot of it might be, um, you know, I can't leave the house unless I look a certain way, um, which often presents itself in. I can't leave the house unless I wear makeup. I can't leave the house unless I've done this. Um, or it's the way more serious, darker end of the spectrum where you end up with, you know, the eating disorders and um, self-harm or um, over, over-reliance over on things like plastic surgery. Um, it's got its own podcast in a while, so again, I don't want to go too much on it, but it does come under the umbrella of anxiety because you are anxious about how you look how you are perceived to look by others and it's it's one of those things um it's one of those things that's very that's incredibly personal to people um and i will be looking for people to contribute for that particular one because it's an interesting one um it's a very interesting one and it, it is it's about yeah it's it's just you might like you might look at yourself and you can't stand what you see or you might look at yourself and perceive yeah it's it's just it's a really tricky one um and it's just we'll talk about it more when we do the podcast and and thank you very much uh in the chat for your helpful helpful things for when we do that podcast thank you very much uh the last one that came up um is <laughs> perinatal or yeah anxiety or ocd so the whole i've had a baby and um obviously i cannot talk about this for anyone at all i don't have a child do not want kids there are a myriad of reasons why i do not want kids but i know that obviously postnatal depression and things also come hand in hand with things like anxiety or ocd so especially if you've had a difficult pregnancy or birth or if it's your first child or all of the above um the clean thing the clean thing is a big thing around um you know new new kids and the anxiety and the ocd making uh, putting everything above the child not above yourself um 
there there is a lot of stuff to do with the the OCD and anxiety around having a child that I do not feel equipped enough to talk about. Um, I do believe it has its own podcast next year because that'll be that'll be in the peas. So many podcasts, so many podcasts. Um, and again, I'll be looking to talk to parents about their experiences with um, anxiety and OCD around having kids um, because I I don't. I, I know what it's like to be a child of someone who has had issues like that and I know how it's affected me. Like I had one very relaxed parent and one very highly strung parent and it was not nice to grow up with. Um, the relaxed parent was brilliant, but the, 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 the not relaxed parent... The, and it was a lot of transference of issues as well, is what I personally found it to be like. So they were... Especially to have certain elements of their anxiety taken out on me for whatever reason, wasn't great. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. But again, that comes up under the umbrella, umbrella of anxiety because anxiety covers a fuck ton of stuff. And as I've said before, and I'm going to keep saying again, having an anxious day is so different to living with anxiety. And I just want to say to everyone who's been sharing with us whilst we've been on, massive thank you for being brave and feeling like you can share it's so nice to know that we're not alone. It's been really nice today talking and seeing the chat just move because you're talking to each other and you're reassuring each other exactly what I wanted to do with these podcasts. So it's the third one and we've already gotten to where I kind of wanted them to start going. So big, massive thank you to all of you. Um, I'm now just going to look at some self-care things and things that you can do for support. And then we're going to wrap it up because I've already been chatting for an hour. God. So yeah, if you're listening in, so we're going to talk about some self-care stuff and some peer support. Again, anything I say now is just facilitating a conversation. I am not telling you how to deal with your anxiety. What works for me is not going to work necessarily work for you. Um, what works for you might not necessarily work for somebody else that you know. It's it's very personal. It's about finding out what works for you, either with a healthcare provider or, you know, someone. Um, but yeah... So, self-care. What is self-care? Self-care. <laughs> so, it's, um, it's obviously, it's, it's become a multi-million pound industry. Self-care and wellness. Um, how much of it is just window dressing? And how much of it, you know, how much of it is window dressing and people using the umbrella of self-care and awareness to give themselves a treaty spa day? Or how much of it is genuine, I'm taking a pause because if I don't, I'm going to snap. Like self-care as a thing so for me my self-care things are so uh, okay since since the last um since the last podcast obviously I was doing dry January um I'm not anymore and yes I already have drunk alcohol nowhere near to the levels I have but yes I did not stay sober for a very long after dry January but what I do now have you can't see this if you're listening back to it but I have a habit tracker which actually covers from now all the way up until the podcast end, basically, pretty much. It covers all the way up. Actually, it goes beyond that. It goes to, like, 2030 because there's, like, that many pages. But what I actually did is I made a point of putting self-care-related things on it. So I've got stuff like, have I had a long bath? Did I meditate? Have I used a face mask this week? Have I done my nails? Have I looked after my hair? Because, obviously, purple hair needs a lot of work. Um, have I been sociable? <laughs> have I been social? There is nothing in the sociable bit. Do you know what's even funnier? For January, 
there are two two days where I was sociable in January. Two. Um, and by sociable, I mean physically out in the house with people where I can poke them and play board games. I am a definite list maker. Yes, chat. I like lists. I like to do lists. I like tracking things. The, I really like the habit tracker. Um, what was also really nice, and you'll laugh at this because I'm sharing now. Um, I brought new gel pens to go with my habit tracker so everything had its own different colour. Except I didn't like it in the packet how they arrived because they hadn't organised the colours properly. So I had to take them all out and then put them back in in the right colour order for me. And that took like 25 minutes. It's the same way that I take all the dolly mixtures out of a packet and then eat them by their type. I organise them by colour and then by type. Um, you know, like the little square ones with the white tops and then the colour underneath? They're organised into piles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> OCD's fun. But yeah, so self-care. I've been making a point of tracking my self-care. So you'll, for those of you who are watching live now or seeing the highlight video, I've got painted nails. It's probably the first time you guys have seen me stream with painted nails because I painted my nails this week for the first time in nearly a year um because i was feeling like it was worth taking the time to do something nice for myself i don't know what changed or shifted but i am starting to feel like that kind of stuff is a little bit more worthwhile um i do it myself because it gets done properly then and how i like it <laughs> it's also a lot cheaper um but yeah uh, face masks were introduced to me uh september august september whenever i went purple my friend who did my hair bless her she's brilliant she's mad she's mad as a box of frogs um she gets referenced a lot we don't talk about her name but she gets referenced a lot um she, she <laughs> we did a face and she we, we 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 had a really girly day she dyed my hair did face mask everything and now obviously having hair that needs to be maintained i have to I have to look after myself more. So self-care has become more intrinsic to the fact that I've become slightly more high maintenance. Maybe I did it on purpose. I don't know. Um, but it's really nice to know that I can now take time out in a week and go, right, Mondays, usually, I'm not streaming. So Monday nights is usually bath, face mask, candles in the bath. Nice, chill out. Good, brilliant, fine. The rest of the week, it's either very quick, poached in bath or showers they don't really count but there is one night where i'm just like no i've got my music i've shut the door no it's lovely um and that, that's my self-care i've also got a shakti mat um that i lie on and i will do a bit of meditation admittedly i've not meditated for a few weeks which is something i should really get back into the habit of doing because it helps quiet the head when it's too loud um what else do i do for self-care walks going to the gym um my habit tracker i really like i photograph a lot of stuff uh <laughs> so in terms of trying to deal with your anxiety making time to talk to someone about what's making you anxious can be quite a huge relief um this is from my own personal experience this is from dealing with my friends having that one friend who doesn't judge you when you go <laughs> is really really helpful because they don't have to offer solutions um they just need to listen that's what the let it out part is for on discord as well sometimes you just need to get it off your chest so it's out there and then it's dealt with because once you sort of vocalize it it's less of a problem a lot of the anxiety things will fester if you can't get them out so obviously talking to someone could be really really helpful um 
or allocating yourself set time. I know that sounds weird, but a bit like meditating, you can set time aside maybe once a day or once a week or once every other day. And you sit there and you just list the things that are freaking you out. So you've acknowledged them, you've set time aside to acknowledge them, and then you get on with your day. I don't know how well that works for people. It's one of the things that came up when I was doing research. Putting time aside specifically to fret about everything seems a bit weird for me. I don't know. Uh, I really find that breathing exercises and meditation help me a hell of a lot. Um, I also found some of my friends that I didn't realise, they have like worry jars and stuff. So they write stuff down on a post-it note, you know, whatever's freaking them out. Fold it up, pop it in the worry jar. They've done it. They've dealt with it. It's got it's out of the way. Um, it's something we use a lot with um, children in education as well, especially the younger kids. We get them to write down or draw what it is that's freaking them out, and then they pop it in the worry drawer, and it goes away. Or they have like worry dolls where you can fold them up little bits of paper, pop it in the worry doll. Um, they can be quite helpful. On the other side of that, rather than fixating on things that is freaking you out, you could have a gratitude journal, or a lot of people use Instagram as like a photo diary, so they can see all of the good things that have happened recently or what they've managed to accomplish over the last few weeks that can really help as well especially if you're in a rut with your anxiety and you don't feel like you're being particularly productive or you know useful you can look back and go actually no I managed to make my bed every day this week and I did this and I did that and they might seem like small things I love celebrating the small things um if I get up and make the bed straight away my day is already starting really really well she says right now remembering she hasn't made her bed today but it's fine because i'm gonna go do it in a minute <laughs> but i have already cleaned the kitchen and sorted the recycling out and tidied the lounge like it's been a productive day okay some people will be like well, that's what i normally do cool brilliant everyone's different and the fact that at one point during like the height of lockdown and stuff my depression was so bad i don't think i hoovered for about three months and we didn't have people around, so what did I need to worry about it being tidy for? You know, that kind of thing. No, keeping on top of stuff is is an achievement in and of itself and should be celebrated, especially when you're struggling with anxiety. Now, under the self-care and anxiety umbrella of stuff that I was researching, you'll laugh at this. The three things that came up. Try and get enough sleep. Think about your diet and do some physical activity. So, <laughs> try and get enough sleep. Telling someone who's got anxiety and issues with insomnia to try and get an early night. Nope. Nope. I'll go to bed when I'm tired, thank you. I have found a coping strategy for most things. Um, my, my GP, who I'm about to move to a different GP, my current GP is useless. And every time I tell her I'm struggling with sleep, I get the most condescending advice back. It's like she doesn't understand mental health. And I don't get why she's a doctor. Um, sorry, that's total like separate rant, but there you go. Um, I just... Mm, it, it irritates me, like, a lot of people, and it goes back to earlier, the chat asking, what do you do with people in your life who don't understand your mental health? I cut them fucking off. Because the worst thing you can do is, oh, I'm really tired today, I'm really struggling with my sleep. Why are you staying up to, like, go to bed earlier? I, I can't. Like, if I go to bed earlier, I'm going to lie there awake all night. I would rather stay up until I am, like, you know, like, really on the cusp of falling asleep. Go to bed, no, I'm going to get some sleep. Some sleep is better than no sleep. And obviously the advice is like, oh, if you go to bed and you can't sleep, get back up and read a book. I'll finish the bloody book. I... <sighs> it's 
very counterproductive. A lot of the a lot of the anxiety advice around sleep is clearly written by people who sleep fine and think that they can teach people how to sleep well. In my opinion, in my opinion, that's how it's coming across. That's how it feels. Is a lot of the helpful sleep tips not fucking helpful if you're living with day to day exhaustion because you can't sleep. Um, and I don't drink caffeine as a rule either. Apart from obviously this week, you guys saw me drink two sneaks on stream um, because. I needed to power through 12 hours on four hours sleep. Um, caffeine, you know, for a lot of people is how they get through or mask the fact that they've not slept. It used to be for me. God, I used to drink about eight cups of coffee a day. Um, I had to give up caffeine three years ago for a health related issue related to my anxiety and my IBS. Hey. Um, so now it's very, very sparingly used. So when I say I'm tired, I am tired. I'm mostly powered by green tea. That's it. Just, yeah think about your diet i am someone who eats their feelings i know other people that their anxiety means that they just can't eat at all but i eat my feelings um i fully recognize this as a coping strategy when my dad died so the day that my dad died um i was at work and um they were switching off his life support and i didn't want to be there so i went to work and then my boss told me i could have an extended lunch so I went to a sushi place with, with one of my colleagues and we sat and ate sushi for two hours and I ate my feelings. Um, as a result, sushi is my comfort food. To then cope with the subsequent like death of my father, all I remember doing is drinking rosé wine and eating gingerbread men for about a week. Um, yeah, I eat my feelings. Food, food for me is comfort. Um, I don't know why, it just is. I think it's because we grew up so poor that... There wasn't just a cupboard of food if I needed it. Like, I ate at mealtimes and I ate at school. And if I was lucky, I got, like, two biscuits in the evening as a treat. Um, so now it's like, oh, well, it's midnight and I've had a shitty day. So I'm going to cook this thing out of the freezer. Like, it, it's it's a weird one. Uh, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm, I'm fidgeting with something off camera now because I'm talking about stuff that I'm a bit uh, about sharing. But, yeah, I eat my feelings, which is making my current weight loss thing... A bit of a struggle when life keeps constantly throwing new stressful situations at me. So in order to try and curb this, I've gone back on what I used to have, which I was using for about four years. Um, it's a MyFitnessPal app where you track what you eat. Because obviously I'm trying to lose weight a bit. So I'm using it to help that on top of going to the gym and everything else. So I can now see when I've had a bad day and I've either drank too much alcohol or I've eaten my feelings. Um, which is actually really useful for spotting patterns, as is also, that's the other reason I've got the habit tracker. I'm trying to spot patterns in my anxiety and everything else. Um, but yeah, thinking about your diet, gen generally, what we eat in House Shiny is very, very good. But I, yeah, I definitely eat my feelings. And then the next one, try and do some physical activity. <laughs> I once went 21 days without leaving the house. Um... Physical activity, if you're too scared to leave the house because you're having an like an anxious period of time, that just doesn't sound fun, does it? Um, I'm back at the gym now, although I haven't been to the gym for... She looks at her habit tracker. A while. Um, because my sleep's been too out. And at the moment, because everyone's done the whole, I'm going to get, you know, the, the New Year's resolution crowd for the gym. For any of you who regularly go to the gym, you will know exactly what I mean. The New Year's resolution crowd that mean your lovely, calm, usually very quiet gym is suddenly twice as full as it was 
with people who have got all the best intentions in the world but will give up after about six weeks so now we're sort of six seven weeks into 2022 i've already noticed because my gym's got this really helpful thing on the app where it tells you at any point in the day how many people are there it's already halved at certain points of the day and i like going during the day because my gym is fine to walk to at night ish um but i'd rather not as a woman on my own it's just a thing so if i miss the window like my my sort of my goldilocks zone point of the day where i would preferably like to go to the gym because it's quiet and because it's safer to walk there by myself you know whatever the reason then i'm not gonna go and if i've not been sleeping that can go on for a few weeks but what i will do is go for a big walk instead if i can stand to leave the house by myself um so today after the podcast i am doing myself up to go out uh for a slightly longer walk to get something and then come home by myself it's it, saying it out loud i must sound really daft to some people but to those of you who've got anxiety you're like i get what she means one of my fr my friend and i who both struggle with leaving the house will whatsapp each other going right i need to leave the house today at this time what do you need to do shit i also need to leave the house today and we even though we're like 30 40 miles apart we will go out together knowing that the other person is um struggling just as much and we've got that sort of safety net of we can just phone and be like eh. um that's worked quite a lot that's that's actually worked really 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 well for me for, for the most part but yeah um i do find the whole thing of try and do some physical activity i used to love dancing but now that we live um in on the first floor of a converted house with zero sound insulation i don't feel i can dance around the house as much as i used to you know like now when i've got the house myself i would normally put some music on for like half an hour 45 minutes just dance like just i don't know why just, i just love it but i'm not i'm not doing that anymore because i'm too worried about the noise i'll make for downstairs so i've lost that avenue of physical activity um so i have to go out the house now to get it i have to either leave the house to go uh, for a walk or go to the gym my house is not big enough for an exercise bike i fucking wish it was but you know they're, they're, it's it's really really great that these three things of trying to get enough sleep minding what you eat and being active are supposedly the three key things to really help your anxiety i get it they do work but they are so hard to do sometimes um <laughs> and i know i can see a lot of you as well like resonating with the things in the chat it is it is difficult it is difficult and it's just and then this is what sets people who suffer with anxiety apart from people who have an anxious day because it doesn't matter that we know that these things are good for us or that we need to do them can't do them like i can't like i need to be able to give myself a kick up the ass i know that but sometimes i just can't um it's become a running joke about how many days i'll go without leaving the house or if um my partner's getting ready to go to shop I'm like i'm coming with you and he's like really it's like yes i need to leave the house today and i'm really trying to work on it um but the physical activity one out of all of them for me is probably the hardest because if i don't sleep i don't feel like i've got enough energy to be physically active and it's just a bit of a kicker really <sighs> finally 
in order to help with anxiety. Um, Mind have got oh, Mind have got this really beautiful list of things to do with peer support. So um, if anyone wants them, just give me a poke and I'll post them. I might actually put them in the description for the podcast if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple. Um, so peer support from things like Anxiety Care UK, Anxiety UK, No More Panic, No Panic, Triumph Over Phobia, Side by Side, and just generally Mind as well. They are they all provide peer support. Um, some of them are just online groups that you join, so you've got other people to talk to who are in a similar situation to yourself. Um, that some provide like workbooks for you to be able to write things down um, and track how you're doing with your anxiety. Um, but yeah, there, there is lots of support out there for anxiety. It is probably the most common mental disorder now. We're up there with depression. Um, COVID has made it worse. COVID has certainly made bits of my anxiety a lot worse uh from what i've been able to see today in the comments in the chat it's not helped a lot of you lot either um but you know what we'll get through it together because that's the whole point isn't it we we share we connect with people we feel less alone and then these things become a bit easier that's what i'm hoping for the podcast it's what uh it's what i feel like is happening more today so it's been a it's been a good one um and I think, yeah, unless anyone's got any burning, burning questions, just remember that obviously whatever you experience with your anxiety is valid to you. Don't let anyone tell you that you're being irrational and don't ever force yourself into doing something that you just don't want to do. That's a huge one is being honest with yourself. Yeah, exactly. I've just seen people telling me to just force myself to do something is infuriating. It's not easy to force yourself. You don't have to will nor the motivation completely agree i completely agree i i know what i should be doing but i'll get there on my own time i shouldn't you shouldn't have to force yourself so i fully fully hear that um but yeah i hope you guys have i don't know if enjoyed is the correct word but i hope you guys have liked today's podcast um next month we're doing bipolar disorder i'm laughing because it's going to be a difficult one for me to talk about um, because a lot of my issues uh, surrounding my mum come from the fact that she's got bipolar and, well, we'll get to that next month, won't we? Uh, so this month has been anxiety. I have managed not to pick the skin around my nails while I've done this, but I have been playing with a hairband nearly constantly because I've needed something to fidget with. Um, it's been interesting. Thank you so much to the sheer number of you who are here live sharing um that was really nice thank you very much it made this process a lot easier thank you so much for the cheers um your cheers will be converted into pennies and sent to mind um because anything uh raises a point of these podcasts is going back to mind hence you know if you're watching this on youtube as a catch-up hello if you're watching this as a highlight on twitch hello if you're here listening to this on apple or spotify and you're wondering what the hell i'm on about go to twitch.tv and find shiny underscore cat spelt with an e i know get over it um but come and come and interact with the community there are a lot of us we're 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 all a bit broken and we're all a bit crazy but we all love each other and in if anything today has resonated with you you're probably going to fit in really well is what i'll say to you so that's it that that's been episode three we made it we've been so good we've made it um so next time obviously we're doing bipolar disorder uh, until then, keep talking to each other. Do not struggle by yourself. And if you do need anything from anyone, just ask. And if you do need to let it out in 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 Discord, there is a let it out section. 
And if you want hugs, put hugs. If you want solutions, put solutions. But either way, we will listen regardless. Um, I've been Shiny Cat. You've been awesome. Today was Saturday, the 12th of February, 2022, episode three. There we go. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.